Amen. It is an honor to serve with our children. I encourage you to, uh, to please sign up and fill those holes that they have uh, here this, uh, this fall. Amen. God is so good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. Well, look in your bulletin. There's some notes you can follow along with me. I need to get on with this so we can uh, baptize some people real fast here. Uh, um, we won't dunk them real fast. Some of you will dunk real slow. But anyway, <laughs> turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're in a series on Corinthians and been on that series since June. And uh, I've definitely just enjoyed doing this series, have some really great responses from you, what God's been doing and telling you and then talking to you about and what we've been dealing with in First Corinthians. But one of the things that uh, we're into now, we're in the final part of this, is that into the gifts of the Spirit. And one of the things when I started out and in, in just uh, talking with the Lord and studying First Corinthians, I decided I was not going to back away from anything that's controversial. I was going to hit it head on. So that's what we've done. We've hit a lot of controversial stuff, but we, I think we've done it in grace and in truth. And I think God, people have been set free. And uh, this is another one. And, um, and controversies were all through this church in Corinth. And uh, they were filled with controversies. And, but, the, the, but Paul says that they didn't lack any spiritual gifts. So they were fully had the spiritual gifts, but they were using them incorrectly. Remember that a lot of this book is a corrective book. And, and these are corrective statements here. But, uh, but he says, pursue spiritual gifts. And so what, some of the spiritual gifts, I don't have time this year to do all of them. I'm going to do some more things next year on the spiritual gifts. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick out part two, probably the two most controversial spiritual gifts. Today we're going to deal with prophecy and what does that look like and what is prophecy. And next week we're going to deal with speaking in tongues. And, uh, and I want us to understand these things. And I want to bring some, I think, some balance. But I want to give per- so, show the, the God purposes in them. And that's what we'll do today. Because I, I really believe that they are for today. Because nowhere in the Bible, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, does it say that the gifts of the Spirit have ended. They are purposeful and they are needed in every one of our lives. I had somebody tell me about, uh, talking to me about the gifts of the Spirit last week. And... And they, they asked a, a question about it. And so, Sean, are, are really, the, you know, speaking about this really for everybody? I mean, for everybody, everyday life. Should we, it's needed to talk about it, but should we do it on a Sunday morning? And, uh, and I says, yeah. See, the thing about it is, you and I need the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives every single day. I need it. I need this. As believers, the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to be a good father, to be a good husband or a good wife, to be a good co-worker. I mean, we need the gifts of the Spirit in operation in our lives every single day. This is relevant to you. This is not something that's super spiritual. This, is, this is, should be natural to us. In fact, the supernatural should be natural, should be an everyday occurrence in our lives. Let me tell you something. Uh, Lisa and I, we have always tried to work on our marriage. You know, I know I I look like the perfect uh, husband, but um, (laughs) thanks, Lance, for that encouragement. (laughs) But I'm not. And, um, And so we've tried to, we work on our marriage. So we've gone 
to all uh, you know marriage conferences and everything else, and we've tried to be the best parent that we can be. And so we've we've read books and we've we've tried to do those things, but we're but but those things, even though we had a lot of knowledge, it wasn't until we engaged the Holy Spirit in our lives to empower what we have learned, and that we became a better. I became a better husband. I became a better dad. My wife was already perfect, so she didn't need to increase anymore. Yeah, amen. But, um, but I, we needed that. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit every day. And see, as believers, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. And, and so we can be that good dad and that good husband and that good mom and that good wife and that good person who's single and being, and, and being everything that God has for you and being single. That if I want to be great in my, my finances, I need not only knowledge, but I need the power, the enablement of the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, this world needs more than knowledge. And this is what Corinth, the church of Corinth was dealing with. They, had, they loved knowledge. But knowledge doesn't get you anyway with, without power. Jesus told his disciples this. He says, before he ascended, he says, don't go anywhere else. Don't go speak to anybody. Don't go do anything. Go into that upper room in Jerusalem. Wait until Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why in Acts 1.8, he says you're going to be endued with power. That word power is a dunamis power. It means power to live. To live the life of God. Listen, if you're lacking in anything, if you're lacking in the life of God, it's not because you don't know what to do. Isn't that right? How many still screw up? Just go ahead. Everybody just raise your hand, please. (laughs) But you still know what to do. You know what to do, right? But you still don't do it. Why is that? Because we're not allowing Holy Spirit to be enabled in our life. And we need to learn that, and we need that. Amen? And so, here we have, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I don't have time to read it all, but it talks about this, is that we have varieties of gifts and services and activities. But it's the same God who empowers them all. And then it lists, Paul lists, the nine gifts of Holy Spirit. And... uh, and what he says in this, one of the gifts is there in verse 10 of chapter 12, is prophecy. And so this message, I want us to try to understand prophecy. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. He says earnestly. He says not just desire, but earnestly. Go after it. Strain for it. Put all your effort. That's what that means. Put all your effort in getting these gifts and desiring these gifts. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he says, pursue love. Now, we're going to be talking about love here in a few weeks. Pursue love, but earnestly desire the spiritual gift and this, especially that you may prophesy. And then in verse 5, he says, now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets, so that the church may be built up. 1 Corinthians 14, 39 says, So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. You know, one of the things that I find out is that when we don't understand something, we push it aside. And it's very hard for you and I, when we don't understand something, to pursue it. 
to get after it, to go after it with all, all, all of our passion. See, I want us to be passionate about the things of God. I want us to have everything that God has for you. I don't want to miss out on what God has. I want to get everything. And if, and if it says it in his word that I should pursue it, these gifts, and especially prophesy, guess what I want to do? I want to pursue the gifts, and I want to prophesy. But I have to understand it. What does it mean? So let, what is prophecy? What is the definition of prophecy? God by the name of Wayne Grudem says in Systematic Theology, he says this, it's telling something that God, that God has spontaneously brought to your mind. It's telling it out. Sam Storm says this, prophecy is the human report of divine revelation. Basically, what prophecy is, is speaking what God is saying right now. What has God put on your heart? What is God speaking to you at this moment for yourself or for others? What is he saying to us? It's a report of a revelation in human words for edification of his church. That's what prophecy is. And a lot of times we think prophecy and, uh, and we think it's future. But prophecy isn't always talking about the future. It's the now word of God. It's something that if you say it to me and it comes from God, it's going to encourage me right now. It's going to be building me up. And that's what the gifts of the Spirit are for. It's to build up the body of Christ. How many guys need to be built up? How many guys need to be lifted up, encouraged? We need that. You and I need that. And why prophecy sometimes is so controversial in some circles in Christianity is because some people don't believe God speaks. But never once did God say, I'm going to shut up now. He speaks to you. It may not be in an audible voice. I would love for God to speak to me in an audible voice. I'm going to pee in my pants, but that's okay. Not, not pee in my pants, but hear in the audible voice of God. <laughs> but a lot of times it's that impression on your heart, on your mind. How many guys ever heard that? You, something inside of you. How many guys have voices in your head? Just raise your hand, every one of you, a little crazy. <laughs> but there is a voice that is God. Amen? There's a lot of voices that are you and your multiple personalities. <laughs> but <laughs> I was just thinking of one of mine. But anyway, um, <laughs> there's a voice in you. Jesus said this, my sheep. Hear my voice, and they follow me. Now, let's talk about Jesus. He prophesied. What did Jesus do? Did he not say this? I only do what I hear and see my Father say and do. Isn't that what he said? Isn't that the way we should live? So a lot of times when we think of prophecy, we think of this prophetic man that's kind of maybe a little weird out in the wilderness eating bugs like you know John the Baptist no no every one of us can prophesy and speak what God is saying right now and that can encourage somebody my heart is, is that we all pursue this where you're hearing the Lord and you have a word for the Lord, and I need that. I need to hear what God's saying to you for me. You need to hear what God is saying from somebody else. Because you need that. 
You know, I believe that people will be walking in our halls on a Sunday morning, and they may not get anything from my message, even though it was a powerful message. But because you walked by them, and you just looked up, just like we do, how are you doing? And everybody says, fine, I'm good. And you're shocked when someone says, no, I'm not good, and you keep on walking because you don't want to deal with it. But anyway, um... <laughs> But one day you're going to be walking by someone and the Lord's going to say, tell them that I love them. And you're going to turn around and be obedient to the Lord. And you're going to say something as simple as I, God says he loves you. And they're going to break down and cry. And you're, it's going to change their life. One word from God will change somebody's life. But it takes you and I. See, the thing about it is Jesus told his disciples this. Remember he was telling them, I'm going to die and leave you? And they said, Peter said, over my dead body, I'm paraphrasing, but over my dead body? And, Peter, and Jesus said, you don't know what you're talking about because if I don't go, the helper, the comforter can't come. See, the thing about it is, God, because of what Jesus did on the cross and he rose again and he left and be, became the right hand of the Father, set at the right hand of the Father God, he sent his Holy Spirit so every one of us could be like Jesus. And we could live and talk and act and pray and do the things that Jesus did. And see, as a church, this world needs us to be like Jesus, to live like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to speak like Jesus, to do what Jesus did. God, what are you saying? Okay, I'm going to speak it. I'm going to give it out. So prophecy, you can, there's an insert in your, in your bulletin. Prophecy may include foreknowledge. It may include future things, but it's not a necessity. It's not something that has to happen. In fact, majority of times, it's the now word. Prophecy is meant for the common good of the church body. It's for you and I to be built up. It's for us to be encouraged. And we need that. You and I need that divine revelation spoken in human words. Amen? And we need that in our life. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their building up and encouragement and consolation. And it's so important that you and I do that. And we start doing that in our lives. Not just, you know, I, it's not just, not just someone you don't know. It's even to yourself. I mean, I've talked about how I've dealt with depression and, and inadequacies and, and things that I, I, I've dealt with a long time that I'm not good enough, that I'm not capable enough. And I've spent a lot of money trying to do that on the outside to make sure I'm, you know, getting my degrees. And it really wasn't a God thing. It was a Sean thing. That's why I made C's. Anyway, um, but, I, but when I would look in the mirror and I, I feel something come inside of me and says, Sean, you're doing the right thing. I would start speaking what God was saying inside of me to myself and how that encouraged me. And some of you need to get in front of the mirror and say, God, speak to me. And you speak it out. It's prophesying. You just need to become the prophet of your own life. And speak those things out and be encouraging. But not only that, you can do it to your family. Men, ask God what he would have you say to your wife. Or to your friends. To the people around you. Wives, ask the Lord, what, what word do you want to give to my husband today before he goes off to work? Or to, to watch a Chiefs game later or something? What's the word of the Lord? 
Kids, ask God to speak to you about your mom and dad and give them a word. You know, one of the things that um, Lisa, we dated for four years before we got married, and most of it was long distance because we went to different colleges. And so I would leave. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I would leave after my Friday class and drive to Decatur, Alabama, which was about eight, ten hours, or if I sped, about seven. But anyway, um, I would go there, and we would go camping once in a while. And I remember going camping with Lisa's mom and dad and her family, and and uh, they would have a pop-up camper. And they, remember those um, 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 those vans, those conversion vans? They were nice and plush. They had one of those. And so... So I would get there, and I'd get there kind of late at night, and you know, because you know they live far, far away. And then um, her dad would put me in that conversion van and lock me up inside of it so Lisa couldn't get to me. <laughs> she had issues about that, you know. <laughs> and um, and so, but on, in the morning, her, her dad would would come knocking on the door, tell me to get up. And uh, help him make breakfast. And, uh, and, you know, I was always intimidated by her dad. Her dad's very smart and very uh, just intimidating. Anyway, um, and so he would, I'd get up and go in there and he would, he would give me, he said, peel the potatoes because he was making breakfast for the family. And I'd peel the potatoes. He'd tell me I'm doing it wrong. And so he showed me how to do it right. And, and I'd peel the, then he would say this, what is God speaking to you right now? I don't even want to speak to anybody alone, anybody at all. I don't know what God is saying. It's too early in the morning for even God to speak. He's not up. <laughs> and I started to get annoyed by that, but all the time I'm around him, even still to this day, he'll ask me, what is God saying? You know, I believe God is always speaking to you. And he would tell me what God was saying to him. And then it would get, start getting me fired up because of what God was saying to him. I look forward. We're going to go to Thanksgiving and spend some time with him and his, and his family, Lisa's family. I look forward when I get up, and he doesn't wake me up anymore, and he doesn't lock me out of Lisa's area. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, um, I look forward to getting having coffee and for him to look at me and says, what is God saying to you? I want to be obedient with that. Because what he wants, he wants encouragement. See, the word of God brings encouragement. It's meant for the common good. When people come up here, you've seen that before on a Sunday morning, and they have a word. That's a prophecy. It's prophetic. And it's usually encouraging. Because I don't let anything not encouraging come up here. But it's encouragement. It gives you encouragement. It's for the common good. Then number three, prophecy also has an evangelistic thrust. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 24. He says, but if, all prophecy, but if all prophecy and an unbeliever, an outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. Verse 25, the secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. You know, you have a word for people who aren't believers, who don't know the Lord. 
You'll be, you'll be gassing up your car and someone else is doing the same thing and God tells you something about them. It can be something so simple, but you minister to them and it exposes not the sin in their life, it exposes what they're going through in their heart. They already know they're sinful. How many guys knew before you were saved that you, what you were doing was still kind of wrong? You already know that. But you could say something to them that's going to lead them to the Lord. And I've seen that happen so many times. I've seen, I've seen people do that. I've seen myself do that. Where I've given, I had a word for somebody, and I just told them. Whether it's just something simple as Jesus loves them, something breaks in their lives. I had a good friend of mine that that went, he was just that type of guy, would minister. And we were at Walmart, and the line was so long. How many guys know you go late along Walmart, there's only one line open. And there's a long line, and this lady that was up there, she was, people were getting mad at her. And I don't know why they're getting mad at her. It's not her fault. They were getting mad at her. And so we're on in this line. We're just, get, just laughing, and we don't care. You know what's going on. And uh, we get up to the, that point, and she's just mad, just done. Probably not was just what was going on at work, but probably what was going on at home. And so my friend, I'm just, you know, I just want to get out and go. And he looks at her and he just says this, Jesus loves you. And I love you too. And you're doing a great job. He speaks what God had told him to say to her. And she just fell down crying. And we got to minister to her and lead her to the Lord. Listen, one word from God can change someone's life. And change someone's destiny. And God wants to use you in it. Remember, it's hearing what God is saying. Amen. Right now. It's like a circus. Anyway. Bo- remember Bozo the Clown? That's what it reminded me of. If you don't remember it, don't tell me because it makes me feel old. Anyway. Everyone in this world needs a word from God. The person next to you needs a word from God. So how does prophecy work? It is designed by God for use by the local church, in the local church, and to see, to see people built up and see people come to the Lord. It begins with that revelation from God that something speaks to you. Now, I, I, I dare to bed if we had time. We don't have time today, but I could say, hear a voice, the word from the Lord right now. And some of you, you start shouting it out. I know some of you would. And God wants to speak to you. It's a revelation. It's an understanding. And it's usually a brief thought. It's not a scripted statement that you have to write. It's something that just comes into you and you know. It doesn't require scripture to be shared first, and that's fine if it is. It's not a teaching moment. It's, it's an imparting moment where you impart what's inside of you that God is doing. And Jesus Christ is exalted and worshiped because of it. That's what the, all the gifts of the Spirit. It's about Jesus Christ being exalted, and that's what the Holy Spirit does, always exalts the Lord. And we need that. You and I need that. We need to have this. We need to have this in our lives. And let me give you some guidelines. Guidelines to remember when concerning prophecy. Number one, the written word of God is above all gifts, including prophecy. 
The written word of God is above all gifts, including prophecy. That means what you say come out of your mouth will not go against the word of God. If it goes against the word of God, it's not of God. Amen. Number two, Jesus Christ is above all personalities and giftings. He is the word. And so whatever you say will lift him up, not you and not your thinking. Number three, the leadership of a local church is responsible and should be respected. So when you give a word up here or give it in the body, you respect the leadership of the church. So if you say something that's wrong, I will be coming to you. I'll be nice. Trust me, I'm very nice. But just letting you know that it could be wrong. I've shared things that weren't right. You may go up to somebody and share something that and they don't get anything or they don't like it. It's okay. Number four, don't assume that just because you have a revelation that you are allowed to share it. You ask the Lord first. It's as he wills. Sometimes God gives me something about some of you that I don't share. And it's for me just, as, just to pray about. Amen? So sometimes you, you, you don't, you share, and I think a majority of times you'll share, but sometimes it's not for that. And sometimes you may come up here on a Sunday morning and say, Sean, I have a word, and I'm going to ask, what is it for, about? And you're going to tell me. And sometimes I don't allow it to come up. Most of the times we do. But there's sometimes it's just not the right timing or the, it's not the right word. Okay? Number five, always give a prophetic word with humility. Be humble about it. Be humble about it. And once you deliver that prophetic word, your job is over. Except to pray. You just give it. See, God is bigger than you. How many guys would agree with that? And if he just says, give the word, you give the word. And if that person accepts it, they accept it. If they reject it, they reject it. It's not up to you. you, you it's not up to you to do anything else except to pray. In fact, number eight says, desire to be faithful. Just be faithful and not awesome. Don't desire to be awesome. You know what happens when we desire to be awesome? We hear a a revelation from God. We hear a word from God, and then we think it's not good enough. So we add our awesomeness to it. And just as bad as that word was, that other word's going to be even worse. You know, because what I think, I think, God, what you gave me is not good enough, so I'm going to add on to it and make it better. Don't do that. Be faithful. And never trust a negative impression about someone with whom you are angry or jealous with. Let me tell you something, that is not the word of God. That is not a word from God. That's a word from you trying to get even. I've had many words about enemies in my life, trust me. And none of them were God. Guess what? God loves your enemy just as much he loves you. That's hard for us to think about because we think we're, you know, God only loves me. So never trust that negative impression. And number nine, humble yourself and admit mistakes. Humble yourself and admit 
mistakes. See, God wants us to use those things and understand those things. And He has a word for you. Even right where you're at, right now. He has something He wants to speak to you to encourage you. He wants you to have a word to encourage somebody else that He knows that they're speaking. Man, I've seen this where where I've given a word for somebody and they had just asked God a question. And it answered their question. Isn't that cool? And you know that's not Sean. See, when all of us look around you, start doing this, the body will be built up. Pursue spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. This is not something super spiritual for the elite. And I know that's where a lot of people get messed up and think you have to be some prophet. Listen, if someone comes to you and tells you that they're, they're a prophet, tell them they're not, okay? They don't need, a prophet doesn't need to say anything. Somebody can't, told me, came to me, I have this a lot, actually. Says, Sean, I'm your prophet. I says, no, you're not. <laughs> I'll show you the door. You can go profit over there. I'm not against prophets, and people are. There's a fivefold ministry gift and called the prophet. It's not something for the spiritual elite, it is for every single believer, young and old. Prophesy. Prophesy. I want to encourage you to seek God. And ask for a fresh anointing in this. Fresh understanding. Step out. And take advantage of every opportunity the Lord gives you. Pray. pray. Ask the Lord, God, I want to prophesy. Then practice it. You know, practice it with yourself. Watch yourself be built up. Just speak to yourself what God is, you feel like God is saying to you. Practice that. Then, then do that with, with people around you, your family, your friends. Ask the Lord to give you a word. You can leave a note or, or you can email or you can text or you can whatever you want to do, but give it to them. And then ask them, how, did that, how was that word for you? What did it do for you? And then risk. Take a risk. Step out. Maybe as, as the Lord leads you. You don't have to force these things. The Lord will lead you. And maybe you'll get a word for somebody else. I, um, I uh, with, with my canes, if I go into a Bible college or if I go into a, a another place of that they're training people or internships. I'm, I'm like a magnet because they all want to use their giftings on me. I'm okay with that, actually. Anybody asks, wants to pray for me, okay, let's go. Because you may be the one. And, um, but I had, had somebody give me a word. 
And uh, it was a very simple word. It was like, you know, to me, could you have done better than that? You know, type of, that's what kind of I thought. I'm sorry, I'm not perfect, okay? Don't just be throwing things at me right now. It's just a young man. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Go on. Remember I told you I dealt with depression? I was having a moment. And all I, after, when I started to, how many of you guys ever dealt with any kind of depression or stuff like that? I mean, you start, you, it's, it doesn't just, you, you go in phases. You start thinking, thinking, and you get deeper and deeper, and that's how depression works. Well, I was started to do that, go into those things, because something happened. And that word kept on coming up. One I, I just thought was, was simple. That one word that I thought was so simple, and I just pushed it off to the side, became that one word that changed my life, that stopped the cycle of that depression coming in. Never think what your word and what you can do for God is so small. Just step out and be faithful. That's what the Holy Spirit wants. That's why Paul says, pursue it. Go after it with all your heart, especially that you may prophesy. That's why it goes on, and we'll talk about tongues next week. And how it's so important for people to hear that word, to prophesy it and speak it out. Amen? Bow your heads, close your eyes. So Father, I just thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for increasing in us your giftings. And Father God, that we will understand them so we can pursue those giftings now in a greater way, Lord. And I thank you for our body here that's full of men and women of faith. Men and women that's pursuing you. That's not going to just, just go through life like everyone else. It decides I'm going to be more supernatural than natural. I'm going to be more filled with your spirit than not. I'm going to rely on your power. And I just thank you for us, especially in this arena of prophecy, that, Father God, we will prophesy, that you'll use us with ourselves, that we'll speak what you're saying about us, that we'll speak what you're saying about our families. We'll give life to our, our spouses. We'll give life to our friends, our kids. To our co-workers, Lord, when you, when you move on us, when, when you lead us, God, it's not something that we want to work up, but, Father, we want to flow in your will. So, Father, we pray that you use every single one of us right now and that we accomplish all that you've called us to do, that we will be a church that builds up and not puts down, that lifts up. That will be a church that will speak your word, that now word, that rhema word, and lives will be changed in Jesus' name. And we receive that now in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I pray that by your Holy Spirit we gained understanding today so we can pursue. 
and accomplish the great things that you have for each one of us to be that minister, that flame of fire, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray for all of us right now. In fact, just, just right now, eyes closed. Just ask the Lord, give me a word. It may be a word for you. It may, might be a word for someone else, but you're going to get an impression right now. So write it down. Speak it out when the Lord tells you to. He's speaking to you. I know I can see it right now. If you've never heard the voice of God and you may be struggling with that, listen. Trust me. He's there. And don't doubt that first impression, that first word. Just gain it right now. So, Father, I thank you for just speaking to us, Lord, and making us more like you. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Isn't he worthy? Amen. <laughs>